0: Podcast PDNC.
1: Where it's not, sit and get. It's listen and launch. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. And we have liftoff. At the time of this episode's release, most North Carolina schools are back in session in one way, shape, or form, welcoming back the kids, getting to know names and faces, and doing those first day of school activities like classroom rules and procedures, which makes it a perfect time to launch an episode on establishing norms. Welcome to the norm-setting episode of Podcast PDNC. I'm Stacey Lovedall, and with me today is the amazing Jackie Stevens from the Friday Institute. If you're tuning into this episode in August or September, then you're busy creating your classroom culture and community that will carry you and your students and your families through the next 9 to 10 tumultuous months. I'm hoping for smooth sailing, but I'm betting that we will have more than our fair share of choppy waters along the way. That's where starting off the year with a strong foundation of norms will help. Norms are more versatile than rules and can morph to fit any educational environment. Plan B, Plan C, or whatever hybrid version comes next. Our guest for this episode, Jackie Stevens, who you may know from the Friday Institute, is here to tell us a little bit more.
2: My name is Jacqueline Stevens, and I am a research scholar with the Friday Institute for Educational Innovation at NC State University. I've had the distinct opportunity to be on the team that has developed a course called Teaching Remotely, a Practical Guide. Online Professional Learning for Educators, which is a free capacity building with the Friday Institute. Um, I wrote the first two units of this course, the first of which is entitled Establishing Norms for Remote Learning. Um, In that unit, there are so many tips and strategies. Uh, Overall, keep it simple, keep it succinct, and keep it consistent. Uh, But more specifically, we must commit to flexibility. Uh, We really should create a one-stop shop we want to assess comfort zones. We want to think and go micro. Um, and there is no substitute for teachers knowing their students. So, how do you commit to flexibility? Uh, we need to move beyond sharing everything as paper based and written and provide multimodal instructions and activities. Offer a variety of mediums for the same content while maintaining clear, concise, and chunked or short segmented assignments to aid in comprehension.
1: I have to jump in here and co sign your comments about providing multiple ways for our students to access content. Last spring's emergency learning and our stress to get remote learning going, it might have seemed too overwhelming to consider. It still feels overwhelming, to be honest, but so many teachers have internalized this norm and do this as a matter of course in their teaching. I see it in content that incorporates text with a read-aloud from resources like NCY's OWL or a video that includes closed captioning. Where to put all these things is another challenge. Having a one-stop shop for students and parents is, por- is
2: important, so what tips would you give us about that? When we think about creating a one-stop shop, consider this a home base that serves as a communication hub for content and information. This can be a learning management system um, that you already have, and use with your students or a digital resource such as uh, a seesaw or a class dojo and schools without a single portal should consider sending parents a cheat sheet uh, for their child's usernames and passwords for various applications that they might be accessing during extended distance learning with all of this technology i'm sure
1: that people can, feel, can start feeling pretty anxious
2: pretty quickly. It's vital that we assess comfort zones. I suggest you collaborate with students and their families to understand their comfort zones and available resources such as internet connectivity and devices in the home. Um, is it, it's also recommended that uh, you complete a self-assessment of your own comfort level with different technologies that you have available. My next question, I think I know what you're going to say,
1: but I'm just going to put it out there. What if your comfort level with the tech tools is pretty solid and you know how engaging all of these different tools are? What would your advice be in terms of trying out all the things?
2: You're advised not to try all the things, but instead pick one or two that you can learn and use well and stay consistent. Um, Don't switch tools every day or week. Adapting to remote learning is a challenge on many levels and rotating tools frequently adds to the stress and confusion. Find what works and stick with it. Uh, This is gonna help students maintain focus on on learning new concepts uh, and not new tools. So, when considering norming uh, tools and resources, really assess those comfort zones to find out what's going to work for the majority of your students, their families, and for you.
1: I've heard you refer to micro teaching. To me, that reminds me of chunking, uh, it reminds me of the mantra to keep videos short. And if you get, find yourself getting up over the seven-minute mark, especially for younger students, but even for middle school and high school, then to really look at that video and pare it down, make it into segments. So is that what you're referring
2: to as micro-teaching? And how do you set that up? So the concept of going micro um, is very important. And you want to make sure that this is a regular norm in your lesson plans. Um, While it's not recommended to create lengthy recorded lectures equivalent to one might present in a brick and mortar classroom, it can be great practice to supplement your text-based learning resources with brief, highly focused uh, micro or mini video lessons. Um, These short recordings, usually no more than two to five minutes in duration, they're gonna allow you to present topics to your students either verbally or both verbally and visually utilizing various lecture capture tools Um, such tools allow you to record your computer screen which might contain a slide presentation or a document website um, or some other computer application um, and your voice via microphone and record uh, via your webcam video simultaneously using a mobile device to capture video is also an option Um, And for those in low-tech or no-tech situations, materials sent home should be arranged and organized similarly uh, within each week or week's assignments with a table of contents or a page key for quick access to the packet content. Um, And if applicable, I've even seen some teachers use QR codes printed on the materials to support students with additional resources, those mini videos for instructions or additional content. Um, And that can be accessed with a smartphone. I love
1: a QR code. I can't recommend them highly enough. I know it's sort of weird, but they're just so convenient. This next section that we're going to discuss is near and dear to my heart. And it's really what the beginning of school is all about. And that's getting to know our students. So what are some tips for establishing those connections with our students and families in the beginning of the year when it
2: is such an unusual year. There is no substitute for teachers knowing their students. We wanna keep those communication channels open and we wanna have norms in place that do that. Uh, Two-way communication streams between educators and their students will help keep everyone on track and allow educators to get an assessment of the individual student's understanding and needs. Peer collaboration prompts, self-assessment checklists, or self-paced quizzes are another way to have students reflect on and communicate their work and should be a regular mainstay in your learning um, and your lessons. But don't forget that picking up the phone works too to create stronger, personalized communications many educators even wrote to their students via snail mail during the pandemic Um, that just proves that high tech is not necessary to keep students and families connected to their teacher and their school there are so many unknown variables that is why establishing norms and maintaining them regardless of the learning environment or the next thing that impedes business as usual um, is so important Uh, Remember to be flexible, change will happen, and we have the ability to prepare unlike we did back in March of 2020.
1: Looking back at this experience is hard when we're really still right in the middle of it, but if I could ask you what surprised you or what do you wish you knew then, what would you say?
2: If I knew then what I know now, um, what changes would I make? Addressing the emotional toll. One of the things my team and I did again and again when coaching educators for the remote learning and instruction, we stopped and checked in on them emotionally. It was a surprise um, when we read the feedback from educators who responded with messages that they had no one asking them the question, how are you? Uh, No, really, how are you doing? Um, And that was really surprising. You know, you can't fill the cup of others unless you have a full cup yourself. So maintaining your own support networks, writing letters to old friends, uh, continue department meetings, even if it's just to say hello, or have a conference call dinner party with a colleague or a morning coffee chat, whatever it is um, that is gonna keep you connected you know, brainstorm ideas with your colleagues and consider ideas for staff to feel connected when working remotely or in a hybrid setting or otherwise. And likewise, check in with students and your coworkers. Um, being sequestered at home or teaching remotely, uh, learning remotely, it can be isolating and exasperated by all of the unknowns. So taking the time to check in about how we're feeling, um, feelings of anxiety, this is just as important as checking on academics. It's really hard to know where it will be six months from now, but if you have done it right, your classroom, be it a physical classroom or remote or a hybrid learning environment, your norms will still be in place. This is an opportunity to innovate with your students and your staff. Um, create the culture that will work best for all but know that it must be done through collaboration, communication, and connectedness.
1: Thank you so much for sharing with us, Jackie. Jacqueline Stevens with NC State Friday Institute, everyone. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Podcast PDNC. One of our norms is that Podcast PDNC isn't sit and get, but rather listen and launch. So at the end of each episode, we sign off with a challenge. We challenge you to take just one thing from this episode that pushed your thinking and find a way to make a change in the norms that you use with your classroom this fall. It can be big or small. And if you're so inclined, we would love it if you would post what you do on Twitter using the hashtag podcastpdnc.
0: Thanks for listening to Podcast PDNC. We'd love to feature your ideas and expertise on a future episode. To contribute and to find out more information, please check out our website at bit.ly forward slash podcastpdnc. That's bit.ly forward slash podcast pdnc podcast pdnc was written recorded and produced by the ncdpi digital teaching and learning innovative learning catalysts molly Holloman, stacy lovedall and chris Benick. it is available through our website through anchor.fm and through spotify with more platforms to come soon the sound effects used in this episode were taken from the BBC Sound Effects Library, which can be found at bbcsfx.acropolis.org.uk. Thanks for joining us, and we do look forward to hearing from you.
1: Podcast PDNC. It's not sit and get.
0: It's listen and launch. Five, four.